It's so appropriate that the the song that they're finishing up there on is talking about the love of God. If you notice, I don't have a Bible. I'm just going to rely on Him. This morning, the, the verses that He kept floating through my spirit were all about love. It reminded me again that Jesus said, if you love me, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. He said, he that loves me is the one that has my word and keeps it. He that loves me not, he doesn't keep my commandments. Then he says, the next chapter, he says, I want you to abide in my love. Now that means live there all the time. How many want to live in the love of God all the time? I do. Well, he told us how to do it. He says, abide in my love. He says, I want you to do it the same way I do it. Because I always keep my Father's commandments. And I abide in His love. Then the next verse that came to me, of all things, it's a wonder I didn't hear it in Pastor Dave's voice, but I didn't. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God. Holy Ghost is our helper. We spend time with Him. He's going to keep us in the love of God because He's going to keep keep nudging, prodding, lead, leading us always back into keeping His Word, isn't He? And then He brought a thought I've never had before. If anyone ever walked in the love of God, it was the first Adam and Eve before the fall. I was surprised one day during this 2020 blueprint year, just out of the blue, he said to me, there's just no way I can, Gary, there's no way Gary can comprehend. I just can't understand. I'll never know the joy that Adam and Eve brought to Father. Before the fall. Think about the unbroken fellowship. Adam and Eve made perfect. No sin in the world. Not even the same world that that we live in now. This world's corrupted compared to what they had. We don't know how long that time was from the time that they were created until the fall. It might have been a while. I don't know. But I know during that time... Adam, I'm going to talk about Adam, and that's, well, they both. He called them Adam. (laughs) They brought joy to him. He'd come and walk and talk with them during the cool of the day. Sue says, that tells me it was, it got hot sometimes. And (laughs) if there's a cool of the day, it had to be a warm of the day, at least warm, you know, right? Unbroken fellowship. I heard Smith Wigglesworth talk like that, you know. He said he came to the place where he he walked in unbroken fellowship with the Lord. Now, still, the thought that he brought to me that I hadn't had before was this. And I was trying to type this. I always do when he's talking with me in the morning. Try not to lose anything. If you love me, keep my commandments. Abide in my love. Just as I've kept my Father's commandments and I've abide, I abide in His love. But then here's the thought that I just had never thought of before. It said the moment Adam disobeyed my commandment, he stepped out of my love. And what was Interesting, quote, interesting. When I typed it, I mistyped it. And I, I typed, when he, when he broke the commandment, 
I should, I intended to write, he stepped, Adam stepped out of his, God's love. But what I typed was, God's, Adam stepped out of God's life. And I started to fix it, and the Holy Ghost said, that's not a typo. See, the good news for us, we're in a different covenant. How many are glad that when you break the least commandment, you didn't step out of his life? God's so smart. Thank God this covenant is not really between God and me. It's between God the Father and God the Son. And I I can repent and get right back in there, get washed by the blood and be right back in there because the covenant was not broken. I just, fellowship might be broken. So that's my meditation this morning. And, uh, then Alan was talking about the our God is a consuming fire. And you remember right at the beginning of the year, you know, he showed me right at, right around the first of the year. We didn't know then about the you know, the blueprint was just being unfolded at the time. But I saw right right at the first of the year this wall of fire. And it was like, there's nowhere, there's no way to go forward from where we were without going through this wall of fire. And now we've had all of those prophecies. We understand it a lot better. That it's a purging process where he's burning up everything in us that's not like Jesus. So I was thinking again about this walking in the love of God. And surrendering. And, and Alan stole my verse, you know, out of James he loves it. Look at that grin on his face. Look at it. We both love it when we steal each other's verses. Humble yourselves. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. He'll exalt you. See, and I, <clears throat> so I, I had this little picture run through me this morning too. Talking about walking in the love of God. See, the uh, reason I thought of Angie, she shared a song with me this week with from somebody. I don't even know who it is. doesn't matter. But I think the title of the song is, His Presence is My Greatest Weapon. His Presence is My Greatest Weapon. Beautiful song. But see, revival is all about His presence. Without His presence, there is no revival. And I was listening to Alan even this morning how he was, how the Lord was bringing it through him. Really our job as ministers, best we can, is to get out of his way. So he can do what he wants through us. But see, really that's your job too. Doesn't matter if you're on the job, if you're a school teacher, or whatever it is you do, you're the light in that place. And the more we're out of his way, the brighter that light shines. Isn't that right? So I, I saw it kind of like this this morning. And, and Sue and I are still going through the rewind so he can fast forward. We're going back through all of these things that he said over the years to us, you know. It's amazing some of the things he said early on. I'd, that are still I'm, I'm, I'll just talk about me not Sue I, that I'm still not walking in and uh, so let's talk about presence for a minute his presence is my greatest weapon his presence I see each and every one of you, if somehow, if you're just doing whatever it is you're doing in your day, and it's probably, I don't, I don't think anybody in this group now or listening, hopefully you're not in any deep, dark sin. You're, whatever you'd be doing, it'd be a righteous endeavor, you know. And if suddenly the Lord Jesus himself appeared right next to you. Now, I don't mean the way he appeared to John in the book of Revelation. If he appears that way, you're going to fall as one dead. 
He does now. That's how who he really is. But he doesn't always appear that way because if he he didn't appear that way to Ananias, now did he? See, when he had Ananias go lay hands on on Saul, yeah, he appeared in a form that Ananias recognized. But if the Lord, like that, appeared right just right next to you, said. Uh, Yes, sir. If he said, can I have your body today? Can you just, I mean, you're going to be in there, but can you just back off? (laughs) Would that be? Can I have control just this one day? And we'll go where I want to go. And we'll say what I want to say and. Well, do what I want to do. You're going to see some stuff today. (laughs) See, that's exactly what Paul said when he wrote to the Philippians. And he had come to the place in his life where he says, for to me, in other words, as, as far as Paul was concerned, for to me, to live is Christ. And that's exactly where He's trying to get us through this purging time. Less of us, more of Him. I mentioned humble a while ago. Humble yourself. Part of going through the the wall of fire, the way He said it to me. Now, He said it to me through a man, but it was a Holy Ghost this year. Humble yourself. And I heard it to me personally, whether you hear it or not. To me, it was like, Gary... Humble yourself. Humble yourself. Humble yourself three times. Humble yourself until you cannot humble yourself anymore. And then, humble yourself some more. Now, how would I do that if the Lord appeared right next to me and said, I'm going to step inside of you today and... uh, if you'll allow me, if you'll humble yourself, Gary, would that work? Gary, if you'll step back, if you'll humble yourself and I step in today, can I use your body today? Can your body be the, the vessel that I use today? We'll go where I want to go. Wouldn't we do that? I don't think anybody here would would say no. If his presence was that real where you could see him and hear him like that. But see, he is here like that. Because one of the things that he's showed me again on the rewind, he said, the Holy Spirit has been sent for that express purpose. Because Jesus is alive and well, but he's not everywhere because he's got a body. It's a spiritual body. It's a glorified body. I don't know much about it, but I know it's a glorified body that you can touch. Remember? Walk through the wall where the disciples were. Touch me, handle me. You know, he had flesh and bone. <laughs> Ate a fish, walked back through the wall, and the fish didn't slide down the wall. I don't know. <laughs> Somehow it got glorified, you know. Now, see, if he appeared to us like that, I don't think anybody would hesitate. I, I don't think that you would. But what he's been reminding me of, which he told me many years ago, he said the Holy Spirit has been sent for that exact purpose because he is omnipresent. Jesus, in his current form, now he can appear to you in a vision anytime, but that doesn't mean he's making trips between heaven and here. Okay? Even if he appears to you in a vision, that's still the Holy Ghost generating that vision. But he told me, he says, you're, you're to walk and talk with the Holy Spirit just as if Jesus was walking right by your side. Now here's here's one of the problems. Really? That is great. Nice to have you here, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus, come help me do this today. How do y'all think how many thinks that's the way it's going to be? Yeah, come help me with my dreams. 
I've got a plan, Jesus, for your kingdom. And I'm asking you to help. I'm asking you to help me with my plan for your kingdom. I'm not looking at anybody on purpose. I have to look somewhere, okay? And then, oh, no. <laughs> that, that's, not, that's not how it works, is it? Not at all, see? The idea is, Lord, what's the plan? And that's exactly why God has given us the Holy Spirit. He's going to guide us into all truth. And he's not just another one of the rewinds. He says, I don't just guide you into the knowledge of the truth. I guide you into the possession of the truth. Holy cannoli. So Adam stepped out of the love of God. And that's not that God quit loving Adam. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God so loved the world while they're in their sinful state that He sent His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. It's not that God stopped loving us even in our fallen condition. But man stepped out of the love of God. See, meditation... So he's been teaching, Alan's have, has this wonderful series, I think it's seven parts, talking about the seed. And he talked about how Adam was the seed of mankind, and then Jesus is the seed of a new mankind, a new humankind, a new children of God kind, and comparing the two seeds, you know. It's, it's a wonder, a wonderful series. But if you think, you think about seeds, again, I'm, I'm following the pictures. So I saw, what do you mean? I just now saw an Egyptian tomb, uh, a pyramid, and that—that's his cue to me to remember, to, for me to remember that uh, quite a few years ago now, they opened up one of those pyramids and they found up found, uh, I think it was wheat, wheat seed, that was buried with one of those pharaohs in these hermetically sealed jars. I, I don't know if hermetically is right, but they were sealed where no air could get in, and they had been in there for three thousand years. Well, the question is, will that seed still produce? If somebody's read the article. (laughs) They planted it, and it produced perfectly. The image was still in the seed. Every seed... Able to produce what the original seed was able to produce. Boy, he's trying to grow us up. Every one of you has that seed of Christ on the inside of you. I do too. This year of the blueprint for 2020 is trying to get us past the blade stage, trying to get us past the ear stage, trying to get us to the full corn, can I say that the full Christ in you stage, where we produce just like the original produced. See, now I'm hearing, I am crucified with Christ. Yet I live. Well, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I live now, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So we've got this image of the seed, and that's one one way God is trying to relate to us and grow us up and get us to understand, boy, get us past religion. And manifesting life. Isn't that what wheat does? I mean, the purpose is not to keep the seed in a jar for 3,000 years. The purpose is to produce life with that seed. And you know what? It'll produce more seeds. Hmm. But see, really, if you have a bunch of seeds, there's not much fellowship between the seeds, is there? So it's an, it's, it is an analogy, and it helps us understand, but it's not a perfect analogy, because there's no fellowship with the seeds. So then he gave us the vine. I am the vine, you are the branches. And I think I talked about that last week. 
And I remember my grandfather's shoemaker's Concord grapevine. Somebody sent me a picture all the way from Florida. They were eating Concord grapes, and they heard that message, sent me a picture. They didn't send me a grape. <laughs> no, they were just, thank you. I love the picture. Thank you. And there's no way to send the grapes, I know. But they were telling me how sweet and juicy, and it just took me right back to grandpa, grandfather's farm. I was about six years old. I remember studying that. That old, I didn't know then I'd be preaching material half a century later, you know. Three quarters of a century later. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway. I remember that. To me at six years old, that old, that I tried to put my hands around that vine, that vine that came out of the ground. See, the source is where you can't, you can't see the source. This vine comes up out of the ground. You can't, it's just like our father. We can't see him. But he is the source. Right? Jesus is the vine. So Jesus is like this gnarled looking, I, at a six-year-old, I remember I tried to put my hands around it, and both hands, I couldn't close my fingers. It was that thick, big, old, old vine. Boy, that old ancient-looking thing come up out of the ground, and it bent to the right, and he had uh, this fence-like apparatus going down forever to me at six years old. And I remember even then having the thought, huh, I wonder if the grape at the far end tastes like the grape right here. And I remember I tried it. Once an engineer... <laughs> Anyway, I had to know. I remember going all, I tasted one right near the beginning and I went all the way to the end and I tasted a grape and they were just exactly the same. So that's a good analogy, right? The Father is the source. We can't see Him. Jesus is the vine. He's the one that's in us and we are the branches that bear the fruit. But you know what? I've never seen a vine and a branch talking to each other. There's no fellowships, what I'm saying. They, I understand that analogy, and it helps me understand what he's trying to do through us. But see, that's not a perfect, perfect analogy either. This is, I'm meditating in front of you, aren't I? This is what I do. So I'm saying, well, those are good. Those are, those are good, but Lord, it's got to be better because there's still no fellowship between a grapevine and a branch. I mean, they're working together. You gotta have each other to produce fruit, I understand that, but. I said, well, isn't there a better analogy? And I saw my three daughters' faces. Family is the only analogy that really works. Seed produced. The children, they are as different as they can be. And I love them all the same. And I don't want them to change. I mean, what I, I, I don't want Angie to be Aaron. I don't want Aaron to be Angie. I, you know, Amanda. And, I, I, I love the differences. But I can tell I'm in, I can tell I'm in there. <laughs> I can tell Sue's in there too. And their mama's in there. And there's fellowship, see. See, now th- this is getting more like it. Because boy, these daughters. You know, and I hate to, they brought me great joy. And a little bit of pain. No, okay, they brought some pain. Because what he wants, he, I, I've got to use the analogy of Adam stepping out of the love of the Father, see. And it's not that the Father stopped loving Adam. What happened is, Adam stepped into a whole different realm. And we taught on that a few weeks ago. If you, you really need to hear that lesson, Adam's high treason. I mean, it's loaded. That message is loaded. Now I'm going to talk about Amanda, who's not here to defend herself. And, and all three of them went into rebellion and to varying degrees. Angie always says she rebelled the least, and I think that's true. Amanda, and I love you, Amanda, uh, who lives in Montana now, God-fearing woman, uh, great wife, great mom, and uh, really turned out wonderful. And uh, uh, 
One time the Lord asked me about Adam. He said, do you think I was a bad the God, the father? I, I knew it was a father asking me this question. He said, do you think I was a bad parent? Well, no. I mean, what are you going to answer to that? <laughs> no, I don't. I never even thought about you being a bad parent. Well, he said, well, I had a son that rebelled. See, because God, free, free will choice, like Dave would teach us, is the most important thing to God. God does not want robots. He does not want slaves, really. He wants children that love him and that serve him for that reason. And really no other. And just fellowship with him and love him. And have our own free will choice. Well, see, Amanda, she made some wrong decisions when she was uh, 17. Thank God she was 17 and not 18. But anyway, because that really helped. But she made some wrong choices. And uh, she wound up, uh, without going in great... Say, well, you're talking about drinking beer and that kind of stuff. Well, yeah. But I'm also talking about being arrested by the FBI in Mobile, Alabama, for uh, interstate transportation of stolen firearms. Is that serious enough for you? Facing a 12-year prison sentence, and the person she did it with did get convicted to a 12-year prison sentence. And she almost did. I mean, it took two years, or almost two years, and uh, (laughs) we had to get a lawyer. Of course, I wanted John Wayne. God sent Wally Cox. <laughs> now, you youngins don't know who that is, but if you can picture a 90-pound weakling, that's who God sent. But he turned out to sure be the right one. Sure was. He was the right guy. Got it done. And again, thank God she was not quite 18 because he got her recertified as a juvenile. And if you look for her, her records today on all that, it's all been expunged. Not just in heaven, but even on earth. But it was really scary at the time. Your youngest daughter looking at 12 years prison. Now the reason I'm bringing that up is I want to talk about that time that she was incarcerated, which was a while. Up in an old jail in Jay, Oklahoma. That jail building is over 100 years old itself. And it's kind of a uh, the, where the actual cells are. Is like a basement almost. I mean, it's almost completely underground. If you go down in those cells, there's a little narrow slit of a window at the top of each cell that'll let in just a little light. Okay, but it's concrete block walls. The bed is a uh, bolted to the wall. It's a like a uh, metal spring arrangement that when you get ready to go to sleep, you hook undo the latch and let it down. I mean, it's very rough, very rough. Well, you can imagine my heart. Even to this day, the emotion comes back because God never stopped loving us. Trust me. Fathers don't stop loving their kids. Mamas don't stop loving their kids. I don't care what they do. I like how Alan says, he says, if he wound up being a bank robber in prison, and everybody just hated him except his, his mama would come. Now, mama would come visit him even in prison. She'd probably be the only one and she'd be bragging to everybody. My boy is wanted in six states, I'm telling you. <laughs> Best bank robber ever in Oklahoma. He was the fastest draw of the gun you'd ever seen. That's the way mamas are, you know. You don't, mamas and daddies, they don't. See, when Amanda made those choices, now was I pleased? No, I was not pleased. Not pleased at all. But there's a big difference between that and love, see. But she stepped out of my love. And the reason I'm bringing that up, day after day, is she was in that jail there in J weeks, weeks, I think it was months maybe. And they wouldn't let me go in to see her. Now see what happened there when it says, keep yourselves in the love of God. It's not that, that does not mean make sure God keeps loving you. 
you make sure you don't take steps that remove you from His love. The closest I can come to that, by the decisions Amanda made during that season, I couldn't hug her. I couldn't talk with her. I couldn't smooch on her. I couldn't take her to eat. I couldn't buy her a soda. I couldn't do anything. She re- By her actions, she removed herself from the love of her father. And it's not that I didn't have the love, but there was just no way for me to express it. Except prayer. And of course, behind the scenes, we're working with lawyers and everything we can do, but she doesn't really know that. She's stuck down there in the hole, you know. By the way, to this day, she can hardly eat macaroni and cheese. <laughs> they fed her so much things with macaroni that, that you know, not just mac- anything with macaroni. I don't know about that, you know. I think she's better finally now, but for a long time, don't serve me no macaroni. <laughs> Keep yourselves in the love of God. I say it, I hear it again, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves, keep yourselves in the love of God. And then Romans eight, twenty six. you know, the, the Romans chapter 8 leading up to verse 16 is all about the new nature and how it helps us live above sin. And it's because of the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that we're even able to mortify the deeds of the body and live, live holy. But then it says... The Spirit also. The Spirit also. Say it with me. The Spirit also helps. Building yourselves up on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. The Spirit also helps us with those weaknesses, those infirmities, those things that cause us to keep stepping away from the Father's love. And it's not ever that He stops loving. But by our actions, sometimes we remove ourselves from His help. But if you've got the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, you've got the Helper on the inside of you. Dave used to say, I don't care how, I don't care what slimy rock you crawled under. I don't know. I don't care how bad you made decisions. And you wound up coming to yourself under 10 metric tons of flesh. Don't you run from God. You run to God. And you repent. Thank God for 1 John 1 9. Thank God that we can confess our sin and really repent now. Dave's right. Repentance, pre-repentance pills don't really work, you know. But if you really mean it, and even if you fall to it again, that don't ask me how I know this. You already know how I know it anyway. Because you can really mean it. I repent. I'm never going to do that again. Later on, you do it again. And he, you know what? He'll forgive you again. What, what do parents do? Alan promised he'd never rob another bank. They let him out, and 30 days later, the guy's robbing another bank. But mom would still come, wouldn't she? Humble yourself. So i got to bring it. i see it again now. So if Jesus, we wouldn't have any, I don't think anybody in the sound of my voice, if Jesus appeared right next to you and walked with you all day, the rest of the today, in that situation, because you could see him and you could touch him and no doubt you could feel that presence. I think you'd yield. I think you'd humble yourself. But it's, he's already really done that. But it's with the Holy Spirit now. He says, I want you to walk with him and talk with him just as if Jesus was walking right by your side. Because the Holy Spirit has not come to speak on his own. He has not come to be your Lord. He has not come to, nowhere does it say the Holy Spirit is Lord or head of the church. No, Jesus is the head of the church. Jesus is Lord. So the Holy Spirit hasn't come to replace his Lordship. The Holy Spirit has come to bring us his Lordship. 
And that's why the praying in tongues is so important. Exactly, again, how Alan said it this morning. We don't even know what's wrong. We don't even know the plan of God until he tells us. Well, how are we going to find out if we don't spend time with the Holy Spirit, who is the one that's been sent to bring us the very mind of Christ? And I mean individually. Hallelujah. Homer Betancourt, my friend that's an associate with Bronk down in Immokalee, he called me right after he heard my Sunday message because he was going to preach that following Wednesday down there. He called me on Monday. He says, you thief. He says, you stole my message before I got to preach it. Even the same verses. (laughs) I said, welcome to mine and Alan's world, you know. (laughs) Homer and I, we really relate because... You know, if if you picture the table of God as being a four-legged, a table with four legs on it, I've always had two pretty long legs on that table. And that, Homer's the same. we got the same thing. The Word, getting in the Word has always been easy for me. still is. Praying in tongues, once I got past the initial little bit in the trucks, has always been very easy to me. The short limbs that have been more difficult, and I don't, well, I understand completely on fasting, and if you tell me you don't understand that, I'm going to pray that you quit lying. <laughs> it's not pleasant. It's not fun. So, you know. But worship, I, he's still going to have to show me why I've had some trouble with that. Because I do love the Lord. You, you, you can accuse me all you want, but that's not the issue. But on purpose, I've been, because he told me, I've got I've to get those legs. I've got to get it all leveled up. That table's got to be leveled. So I've been forcing myself to spend time in worship. And the big difference with worship, I've been listening to Dave's messages again on it. There's nobody like Pastor Dave. He's the best. The big difference with Worship is that, and when you're praying in tongues, you can let your mind wander. You can do all kinds of things. You can even be driving trucks. You can be mowing lawns. You can be doing dishes. You can be just, you know, reading your Bible. You can be doing anything because your soul is left out of it. The intellect, you don't know even what you're praying at the time. That's fine. But worship, I still remember that time God said to David, God says, I, I cannot worship in you, for you. No, he can't worship himself. He can pray. Thank God for the praying ministry. Yeah, the Holy Spirit creates the prayer, transfers it to you, so you can have the authority to speak it, and then the Father can answer it. And that, boy, what a genius stroke! But see, God can't worship Himself like that through you. So the difference is when it comes to worship, you, if it's going to mean anything. It, it requires all of your soul. It requires all of your soul. I just got to tell you, my soul doesn't like that. My soul is like a little child. If you ever want to have a good time, just go through Proverbs. And everything it says in there about a, about a child, apply it to your soul. And you'll be right on. My My soul wants to be busy all the time. It wants to have entertainment. I mean, I don't mean just entertainment. It wants to have activity. I don't want to go two seconds without a, something going on. Don't sit me here in no chair. <laughs> but it, it, praying in tongues is okay as long as you let me read Field and Stream. <laughs> don't even know what that is. It's a magazine. Or uh, I don't read it. but Or read my Bible or something. My soul will calm down. It'll let me. It let me. It doesn't give me any. You know, I, I've been watching those YouTube videos. I've been tr- driving through Switzerland with YouTube, <laughs> praying in tongues. But I can't do that when I'm in worship. See, it requires all of you. And I know it'll be different because Dave keeps talking about. You you keep doing it. You just keep bringing yourself. If you have to bring yourself back, what yourself? If you have to keep bringing your soul back, where nothing else, no other thought, only you. 
If you have to bring it back a hundred times in five minutes, keep bringing it back. But he said eventually, and how Dave said it, you're going to make it through. And there's a presence that you'll enter that then you don't want to come out. Now see, I, I, I haven't been there yet. Uh, sometimes there's presence during a worship service that I can feel. But private worship, I don't know that I've ever made it there. The strongest presence I ever have felt in my life was way back many years. Here we go again. Take me back to those thrilling days of yesteryear. Down in Houston, about 2005 or six, And the anointing of God came on me where it took two grown men to hold me up. I could not hold myself up. I could not stand. And they would literally take my hand. I was, like a, I was just like a noodle. <laughs> and they would take my hand and put it on people. And the power of God would flow. It's the strongest I've ever felt. That's, that's, he reminded me of that, by the way. He reminded me of that recently. And told me, he said, this is one of the reasons why you've got to become more accustomed to my presence. Because I can't have you like that. Your flesh has got to become accustomed enough to my presence where I can use you. He's training us for revival. So, okay. Now, that was okay when I was back then, but it's not okay where we're going. By the way, Red told me, and I didn't even know this happened until he told me the other day, but he was in that service. He said he's watching them two men carry Gary around and laying his hand on people. So Red had a big lump on the back of his leg. just It's either right above or right below his knee where it bends on the back. He said I had a big, big knot, big thing that had me worried. So I'm watching all that. He says... So before it lifted off of you, I just went up there and I took your hand and put it on my leg. <laughs> he said the next day the lump was gone. I didn't even know that till like a week ago that that even happened. So it had nothing to do with me. I didn't even know what happened. But see, that's where we're going. That kind of presence. But we've got to be... See, what do you think? Do you think Jesus went around like, oh... Somebody hold me up here. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I was reading about Smith Wigglesworth and some of the manifestations that were going on in his day. He says, he says somehow everybody thinks when they get filled with the Holy Ghost, they've got a kick. You know? Whoo! You know, apparently that was a thing going on. He says, what would you think if we had a healing line and I get ready to lay my hands on you? I said, wait a minute. Smith's got a kick for ten minutes first. He said, no, we gotta, we gotta grow up. We've gotta, we've gotta mature, become the vessels that he can use, become accustomed to that presence, accustomed to carrying that anointing. And I'm talking about you. I'm not talking about, we're, we're, this is moving to Joel's army now. You're about to move from that side of the line to this side of the line everywhere you go. Because the line is where you are. Ooh, that was good right there. You're gonna take the green line with you. What I mean, don't, now don't be ripping up the carpet. <laughs> you know what I mean by that? Oh my. In a way, you're the line between heaven and earth. Because Jesus, Christ in you, is the one that gives us access. But see, it's also access. What do you mean by that? Let, it, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. See, so we have access. It says by one spirit we have access to the Father. Well, that spirit is Christ in you. But see, remember a few weeks ago when he showed me how Satan became the god of this world? And it's through that fallen nature that the deeds of the devil get done here. How does the devil have access to this world? How do, he does the murdering and the lying and the stealing through you. through Not you. Through humans. Through people. So the sin nature gives the devil access to this world. That's how he became the God of this world. But we don't even, people don't even realize they're doing it, that they're doing the, the lusts, the deeds of, the, of him. Yes, sir. I heard this said recently, it went off and I didn't, I heard somebody else say it. I don't even, I'd tell you who if I could think of who it was. <laughs> I think it was Bronk. 
And Jim, if it was you, I'm sorry. I don't. <laughs> I listened to all of them. Revival. No, it was Bronk. I hear his voice now. Revival. When we're really walking, I'm talking about you. When you are walking in it, will be the most natural thing ever. It will just be. Well, of course, he answers when I pray. I mean, of course. Of course, he opens blind eyes. Of course. It will just be natural to you because that's who you are. And that's exactly what he's doing, this transformation process. So again, I, so right now I'm back around to the seed. I can't help where he takes me. Okay, you, I hope you guys are, I hope you're getting something out of this. Because right now I'm back around to the seed. What's going on right now? See, that seed has already been planted in us. You've got that seed already in you. That seed has the full image of Christ. But Smith Wigglesworth always said it's first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. Now, you remember when Jesus was teaching that, though? He says the farmer that planted it, he just sleeps and rises every day, and the the seed shall spring up. He knoweth not how. So it's not the farmer's knowledge. The farmer has to keep it in the ground and keep it watered. Isn't that pretty much it? And keep, you know, cares of this world. What the enemy brings is distractions. Cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, lust of other things, persecutions and afflictions, all that stuff. But if we'll keep the seed in focus, like this year, I'm thinking this year, the blueprint 2020 type of focus. It says that that seed, just like any seed, it already has the maturing power in itself. You don't help a wheat seed grow into a stalk of wheat. The wheat seed knows how to grow into a stalk of wheat. Isn't that right? He said, no, you just got to keep it in the ground and keep it watered. Well, what do you think the blueprint is? What, how, would you, how would you give instruction for that if you were God? Pray. Spend time with me. Me who? The seed. (laughs) He is the seed. Spend time with me. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in fasting. Step away from the world. Give the the seed, can I say, give the seed a chance to mature, to come to real maturity on the inside and become familiar as we start experiencing more and more of the presence of, presence of God which is our our weapon really that we come to the place where we don't stagger around like drunk men but we're able to what did Jesus say that it's enough that the disciple be as his master well when they first got filled with the Holy Ghost they they people thought they were drunk they staggered around too but eventually got to the point where Peter would walk by and just just get, if his shadow fell on you. And it wasn't the shadow, but it was being that close. That presence would extend beyond Peter to the point that it says they all got healed. I, I'm pretty sure that's revival. So I believe the reason he's bringing that up today I'm not, I don't know who exactly, of course, this is for. It might be for all of us to varying degrees. But I see Amanda sitting in the jail cell. And i got to be honest with you. I did get to talk with her a couple of times a week by telephone. And I did get to see her because I remember seeing her eyes. Yes, sir. Okay. I could have, we could have gotten her out on bail for $2,000, which is not a lot of money. <clears throat> but you got to remember, this girl had been in rebellion for a while, and it was just getting more serious all the time. And she'd tell me she was sorry. But in her eyes, I still saw rebellion. It took more love to leave her in there. It would have made me happier to get her out. But it took more love to leave her in there. Hardest thing in my life, I think. 
But after a few weeks, I don't remember now how long it was. It's been too long ago. Somehow the Lord did something. Because when she looked at me that time and and said she was sorry, it was my daughter again. It was her. And we got her out. Now that wasn't the end of the war. It went on for like two more years before it was finally over. Sometimes wars last a while. But I want you to know that that girl, she turned out, raised godly children, good wife, worked. She was really the first one that went to work for us in the ministry over there by herself at the ugly building, make duplicating tapes over there. And all of them various times have worked for us, and Angie still is, and Alan can't have her. Hallelujah. <laughs> I mean, put Ava to work. That's what Sue says. You, you've got an Ava. You know? <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, so I, I saw, I, I'll see it again now. Before she repented, though. See, somebody right now, you're, you, you feel like you've stepped away from the love of God almost to the, you're like, you're like Amanda. By your own actions, your life is a mess. <laughs> You're, you feel like you're in jail and, and you're wondering if God still loves you. Trust me. He loves you. He's just waiting for you to change. What I mean is for the real repentance. Was it last week he said, I think it was last Sunday night, he said, I've already extended my hand to you. He wanted us to come walk with him. He says, I've already extended my hand to you by my grace. I'm just waiting for you to put your hand in mine so we can walk together. That is exactly what he's saying to you, whoever you are. If you'll call out to the Lord, he is abundant in mercy. He will abundantly pardon. He will, oh, just return unto me, Israel. Even in the old covenant, old backsliding Israel, just confess your sins, return unto me. I will abundantly pardon. You have not removed yourself from his love in the sense that listen he still loves you he's got answers for every one of those problems i don't care if if your jail cell looks impossible on all sides he has got an answer for everything he's just asking you to return so let's i feel like we should all pray this prayer maybe help somebody because we've all missed it to some extent you know so let's just do this say father i'm really sorry I have made wrong decisions. I've made wrong choices. I've gotten myself in this mess. By this action of mine, I caused myself to have these circumstances that is not your will for me. Father, I repent. I am so sorry. Please forgive me again. I come to the, to the blood of the Lamb. Wash me afresh, Lord. Just like your word says in 1 John 1, 9. I confess my sin before you. Forgive me, Lord. And cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And Father, by faith I'm receiving your love. I'm receiving the power in that blood. And I believe you really do forgive me. And all the resources of heaven now. You're coming to help me. I put my hand in your hand now. I'm trusting you to lead me into the green pastures. I'm tired of leading myself. I'm going to follow you from this point forward. I'm going to spend a lot of time praying in the Holy Ghost. I want His help every day to keep me in the love of God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I love you, Father. I'll serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.
Now believe that prayer. There's no point praying if you're not going to believe it. Listen, the blood of the Lamb is real. The blood of the Lamb is still on that mercy seat. The Father still forgives and He forgets. He he forgives all of our sins and He heals all of our diseases. Hallelujah. Don't forget Psalm 103. Now there may be somebody, again, I know most of the people in this room can pray very fluently in the Holy Ghost. If you cannot, you should come at, at the end of the service and we'll pray with you. But there's somebody... And I think you have spoken in tongues in the past. But it's been a long time. Plus, you might be that same one that feels like you've gotten yourself in such a mess. Listen, if you prayed that prayer just now, you are clean in the sight of God. You are whiter than snow. He has taken all of those mistakes, all of those sins, and thrown them in the sea of forgetfulness. He will remember them no more. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. And if you ever could speak with other tongues, you still can speak with other tongues because the Holy Ghost is with you. You hear me? Now, but the Bible does talk about be being filled, be refilled. Father, right now, if you're watching this, I don't care if it's today or ten years from now, it's the same. Listen, if you're watching this, if you can extend your hand this way, it's fine. If, if you're just hearing me, extend your hand anyway. Say, Father, fill me again. Fill me again, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. Fill me fresh. Fill me to overflowing where my cup overflows and I, I cannot contain anymore. And those words just spill out of me. Your language again just makes intercession for me. Thank you, Lord, for refilling me with the Holy Spirit. And that out of my belly flows rivers of living water. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. For I have not not forgotten you. I have not forsaken you. By your actions, you walked away from me. But today we are restored, says the Lord. Mm -hmm. I've been looking for this. I've been longing for this more than you have. And if you'll put your hand in mine and follow me and allow my spirit to make intercession for you. I'll take you to places high in God that you've only dreamed of before. And you'll look back later and say, my God was with me. My God was with me. My God helped me. My God took my feet out of the miry clay and set me on a rock. And I will serve him all the days of my life. And I'll worship him and glorify my father. Trust him. He loves you. You cannot... Remove yourself from His love. You can only remove yourself from His hand. But now you've been restored. And His hand is reaching toward you now. Put your hand in His. Or whoever that is, I'm telling you, you've got a, He's got a great plan for you. Got a great plan. Trust Him to get you there. Alright. Well, how did Alan say it? I'm trying to quit. <laughs> Now in this room, listen. I'm calling you to grow up, says the Lord. I am calling you to grow up. Many of you are still playing like children with the toys of my spirit. Not taking seriously the calling and the hour, nor the, I hear that word, danger that your own country is in. And I'm calling you, I'm calling you, I'm calling you, says the Lord. Lift your voice and yield your tongue to my spirit to allow that intercession that only I know the plan, only I had the equipment to bring that plan to pass. Grow up, mature, says the Lord, and lend me your tongue that I may pray my will through you, says the Lord. I think he said that to me too. Remind you again, the church is open Wednesdays from 4 o'clock till 10 o'clock. If you want to come for corporate prayer Friday from noon until 10 o'clock. Saturday morning from 7 in the morning till noon. And then, of course, tonight we're going to have calling in the lost. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
I, I see when I have... No, there's people back here too. I can't even turn back here. Okay. I wasn't wanting to look at anybody. Because I've had discussions. I'm not talking... Even though we've talked, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> I'll look right here. <laughs> Sue says I can look at her. Uh, I will not receive your excuses any longer about why you cannot speak with tongues. I will not. Now, I'm not angry with you. But time is of the essence. And I'm talking about more than your life. I'm talking about my need for you and my kingdom and the gifts and callings I have in you. I'm calling you to be faithful with the tongues that you have. And trust me that I will bring rivers to replace it. I will bring rivers to replace it. Yes, this is a little bit of a scolding. You're in your father's house right now. And I'm treating you like the child of my love. I need you to grow up. I need you to grow up. Get past yourself and yield to my spirit, says the Lord. That's more than one that I know of. If I if I got to take my trips to the woodshed, Hallelujah. Also calling for some, and I do not know who this is at all. I'm calling for some still. There is known sin that I've been dealing with you to repent of, and you're still playing with it. And I see Dave talking to us about the baby rattlesnakes, and isn't that cute? I can play with that little snake. That snake will grow up and kill you. It'll kill you. You have to stop it. And stop it now, says the Lord. The time is past. Do not give the enemy a free shot. Do not give the enemy a free shot. Do not play with sin. You are way past that in your maturity now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. See, then we wonder why the attendance keeps getting smaller. I'm okay with that. I think only Gideon's army is going to do this. Only Gideon's army. Alright, I think that I think that's the end of it. Okay. That's the end of the flow. Katiandas telebrico marandoroka. Frondarima kayandu telebrico ma sarandoroku kiande telefreko barandare. Petty things. Okay. Petty things. Petty, small, little things are keeping you from my plan for your life. Petty, small, can I say childish things? Grow up, says the Lord. Grow up. Allow my spirit to mature you and bring forward the seed. The seed is in you. Let me bring it to maturity. Let me bring it all the way. To harvest, says the Lord. Hmm. I had a picture. You're going to stand before him on that day and tell him that petty thing is what kept you out of the revival. That petty thing, that little small thing, an offense or whatever it is, whatever it is. That's what you're going to tell him? Not on your best day. <laughs> let's get, let's let him, let's let the Holy Spirit deal with those things. Let's go through that fire again. He is an all-consuming fire. He'll purge that stuff right out of us. Amen. All right, I got to quit. Sue, have you started the car yet? Go start it now. Start the car. All right, we love you. We thank you for coming. If you want prayer, come stand on this side of the line, please. Um, if you if you do pray in tongues, but you have a you, you have a very small language, 
I'd love to lay my... I remember those days. I only got two words. I only had, only thing I could do at first was Cristo Monday. So I'd just walk... Who knows? I'd walk around, Cristo Monday, Cristo Monday. Get bored. Cristo Monday. Cristo Monday. I mean, just... Cristo Monday, Cristo Monday, Cristo Monday. Cristo Monday. Go get over yourself. But then another syllable came, and then another syllable came, and now it's rivers. But I'm telling you, it's going to be more than just rivers of tongues. Sit out of your belly will flow these rivers of living water. It's going to be flow of the Holy Ghost. Revival is the end result. Hallelujah.